This podcast is sponsored by Barclay Estates and Management Bristol. Whether you're a landlord or a tenant, Barclay Estates and Management are committed to providing you with the best possible service. We provide a hassle-free service for landlords and access to properties all over Bristol and the surrounding areas. Hello and welcome to Three Peeps in a Podcast, Robins Reunited. Uh, during the last few months, it's been a real education and honour for me to get to know more about Bristol City's history. I've done Robins Reunited with six of the Ashton Gate Eight and seven of the stars of the 60s. So to today. When it comes to City Strikers, they don't come much more legendary than this. During the 75-76 season, these two players scored a combined 33 league goals that fired City into the top flight of English football. It is, of course, the gravity-defying Paul Cheesley and City's second all-time top goalscorer, Tom Ritchie. Paul, how are you, sir, first of all? Good afternoon. Very well, Pat. Thanks. Yeah, thank you so much for coming down. We are at Ashton Gate. Um, what better place to do it? And uh, Tom, how are you, sir? Very good, yeah. I'm, uh, pleasure to be here. Yeah, looking very healthy there with your tan. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, as I said, we are at Ashton Gate. Paul, do you, when you enter sort of the Ashton Gate stadium, the area, the surroundings, does it give you a, a, a feeling when you come you know, close to Ashton Gate? Yeah, of course it does. I have many fond memories here. So I just think that um, preferably... I be, should be playing really, but <laughs> a bit old for that now. But yeah, you get a buzz when you come near the stadium yeah. after spend some, spending so many t- times here. Yeah, and how about for you, Tom? Uh, exactly the same. Yeah. I mean, uh, and the occasions you come down, it's, it just gives you that buzz again, you know. Yeah. And as I say, it, you can turn back the clock, but it's it's just magic. Yeah, um, fantastic. Yeah. I mean, for me as a fan, I, I walk in and you get that immediate sense of a buzz of. Or wonder, you know, how long is it till the next game? Yeah. And obviously, yeah. we're looking forward to the fixture releases, the next, <laughs> the next landmark, and a few more signings maybe. But yeah, it's it's lovely to be here in the sunshine as well. Yeah. Um, so let's start with you, Paul. So Paul Martin Cheesley, Martin with a Y, Martin with a Y, Eastern Ingordano, um, and uh, born on the twentieth of October, nineteen fifty-three. But you didn't start playing for Bristol City. You started playing for Norwich City. How, how did that come about? How did you slip through the net of Bristol City? Ron Saunders, who was manager at Norwich, had a, a guy down here called Ron Veal. Him and his wife had a couple of hairdresser shops, one in Ashton, one in Bedminster. He, he was a scout for, for Ron Saunders down in the Bristol area. So just started a youth team at Eastern Wardeno, and then we were known. So we finished first in the, sorry, second in the league and the cup that season. Mm. And then uh, obviously catch, catches a few people's eyes, so we, I'm on it for a trial. He signed me apprentice straight away. Wow, what age was that then? 16. Wow. And that must have been a bit of a journey, for four or five hours? Well, before the motorway. I was going to say. Yeah, cool. Blimey, it's cross-country. It was yeah. ridiculously stupid. It takes me four hours to get there on an away day, I think. It's, 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 <laughs> it's as good as that. On a good day, you can probably get there in about three and a half. Wow. But that's foot to the, foot yeah. to the floorboards. But, but then it was, it was train up to Paddington. Yeah. And then a metro over to Liverpool Street and then a train up to Norwich. Bloody hell. As a youngster as well. Yeah, murder. Yeah. And uh, how did you find your time at Norwich? Was it... Uh... I loved it. Yeah. It was great. You learn from a lot of big, uh, bigger names in the in the club, um, the pros and whatever. You learn a little bit of discipline as well when you're a, an apprentice pro. Do yeah. this, do that, do the other, don't answer back, clip around the ear, that kind of <laughs> stuff. 
Um, and then signed for Bristol City in uh, December 1973 for £30,000. Yeah, what, a snip, that was. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Can, what can you remember about the signing for your hometown club, which presumably you must have been hoping for? Well, I, I was enjoying my time at Norwich, actually. I was just breaking into the first team at the time, scored my first league goal against Liverpool after 40 seconds. And then uh, John Bond was manager then, and then he just... The team sheets went up Thursday. Um, mine went on it. Why? It wasn't in the reserves. It wasn't even in the third team. I thought, <laughs> do I exist or what? <laughs> and he said, I'm going to give you a rest. And I said, I don't need a rest. I've just broke into the team. He said, well, I put you in reserves at Bristol City on Saturday night. And this was Thursday. I said, well, I'm going to drive home. He said, you're going on a bus. I said, no, I'm going to drive home. You don't want me in the first team. I'm going home. Why? So I went home. I had a phone call from Alan Diggs. He said, come down to the ground. I said, I've just driven back from Norwich. Are you kidding? So we came over to Eastern and Gordon and uh, I, a lot went through my mind. Am I going to be in the scrubbers for the rest of my life at Norwich? Yeah. Because he doesn't like me. Or do I move? So I decided to move. Okay, well, I've got a little bit of uh, footage on the TV here of, of you signing, I think. Oh, my word. The last piece of the jigsaw was striker Paul Cheesley. He signed for City after leaving his native Bristol for a brief spell at Norwich. A modest £30,000 fee tempted him back to replace Bobby Gould and he proved arguably Dick's most important buy. Tell me about Alan Dix, what kind of a manager was he? How did he help you? Um, well, initially, we, we were at loggerheads a little bit because um, we had a few uh, differences of opinions in the way I should play and the way that um, he wanted me to play. I think it was the players, really, that influenced me more than anything. And so you had the five Bristolians, the four Scots, Drysdale from the north, and Clyde Whitehead from the Midlands. That was the team. So, yeah, there's uh, some nice keepy-uppies on the pitch. Very, very Real Madrid. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. It took right. about an hour to shoot that. <laughs> yeah, several attempts. Um, let's move on to yourself, Tom. So, Thomas Gibb Ritchie, uh, born in Edinburgh, 2nd of January 1952. Travelled from Scotland to Bristol with brothers Steve, Jerry Gow and Billy Menmuir. Yeah. As, again, youngsters. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, what can you remember about that? It's, uh, see, I, I mean, I just sort of tagged along with, with the brother, if you like, because he, he played for Scotland International under-15s. Yeah. And Tony Collins, who was having a trial match in Glasgow, um, Steve couldn't play in it, and Tony asked my mother, is there anybody else you know that would, you know, can play football? And it was my mother saying, his brother plays. Wow. <laughs> 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 And I went straight to Glasgow. All the family went to Burnley. Steve was playing at Burnley against England. Yeah. And all the family went to Burnley. And I travelled through to Glasgow with Jack Jones uh, and played with Gary and Billy in a midfield three right. in the trial match. Wow. And they, they were in, we were all invited back down here. I had a trial match on the pitch. Um, and they signed the four of us. You know, we all got a contract. Yeah. Uh, albeit that it was a year's contract. What you think back now, you think, well, by the time you get down here, the contract was over. Absolutely. <laughs> and this was this was a squad photo from from that year, I believe. Um, and it's got yeah. it's got uh, Ray Cashley on there, yourself, yeah, yeah. and uh, and that's Billy, I believe. Um, Keith Fear. That is no, that's Roger Seaborn. Is okay. it? Um, it looks like Fury. Uh, yeah. Fury's on the end, Fury's on the end. Is it, Roger yeah. Seaborn, myself, and Cash. And yeah. John Sillett there. John well. Sillett, yeah. Sillett yeah. and Tony Collins. Absolutely. Uh, an AD, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's looking at Cash in that photograph. I mean, he was left back 
when we arrived here at Ashton Gate and and was part of the youth team at left back. And Lenny Bond was our goalkeeper at the time. And Lenny got a bad injury um, colliding with um, Terry Bush. So okay. uh, he collided with Terry Bush. And Terry's not the one to collide with. Big <laughs> <laughs> and, and Bondy couldn't play in the youth team. And he, he missed probably the rest of the season in the youth team. And Sill, who was in charge of the youth team, he came into our dressing rooms and said, is there anybody Why? want to play in goal? Or can play in goal? And Cassie's hand went straight up. And you just think, the rest is history. You that know? is incredible. It's, what a story that is. Just, uh, and he was a fantastic goalkeeper. He wasn't bad, was he? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so you moved down from Scotland, and I understand your family moved down as well to support you. Yeah. My, leaving, that's, again, leaving Glasgow Central Station, my mother was in tears, waving the four of us goodbye. <coughs> and my father said, he says, I will bring the whole family down uh, within six months. Yeah, once you uh, sort of said yeah. And he did. Uh, Incredible. And, and I understand your granddad was a professional footballer also. Yeah, Stephen Kilcar. Um, he played <coughs> um, <coughs> Bournemouth, Forest, Watford. Um, he, he was a kind of journeyman, my, my grandfather. Um, but... You, you knew there was something kind of special about him when I used to play football with him as a kid. You, you just knew there was, uh, he, he was a special talent. Brilliant. Fantastic. We're going to go to Paul now, talk about your your record. So City record, 21 goals in 76 appearances. Your first appearance was on New Year's Day, 1974, a 2-0 home defeat to Lake Orient in the second tier of English football. What do you remember about your debut, playing for your... Hometown club. Oh, delighted losing 2-0, obviously. <laughs> but, um, we weren't on the ball then, to be quite honest. Um, I won I won most of the balls in the air. That was my trait, really. But um, I think it was a Jeff Merrick own goal, and um, and we let one in at the front post in the second half. So it was a bit disappointing, really. Didn't really get a clear-cut chance. But that said, maybe I didn't play well enough. Mm. I don't think the team did that day. But... It was great to come here and a bit disappointing not to do very well in your first game at the city. Not a good memory, really. But no, yeah, I mean, everyone always want to make that good first impression, but uh, you certainly got round to it. Uh, your first goal was on the 6th of April 1974, 2-0 yeah, win at home to Carlisle. Oh, that was that was a friendly, was it? Um, 6th of April, I wouldn't have thought so. Oh, beg your pardon, that's that right. right. I was talking about promotion season. Oh, yes, right, there we right, go. Carlisle. Yep. That so, seems a million more years ago now, doesn't it? Yeah, so yeah. against a skillful Carlisle side, Cheesley obtains his first city goal with a magnificent 15-yard header from Tainton's free kick. I mm. don't remember that one, really. No. It must have just hit me on the head. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, a hat-trick, 18th of October 1975, 4-1 uh, away to York City. Yeah, this guy next to me got 4-1 at home. He scored a hat-trick at York at home. Yeah. season as well see there we go that's why we've got you on together all these just, combinations yeah it's just ironic that was yeah. <laughs> so I can remember all the goals as well first one was a diving header between the full back and the keeper second one was a shot from outside the box and the third one was a lucky penalty so I've got some some goals here to look at this is me I think that's you yeah. right lovely Get lovely powerful right footed shot and the celebration that's yeah. what gives that's it away that's a header from me this is Tom at the far post Right, mainly right-footed? No. No, both? No, yeah. both. Yeah, yeah. 20, 23, 23, 21 City goals. What that was against West Ham in the Cup? That what do you think the uh, combination were? Head in, left foot, right foot? 
I don't really know. I would say probably 50% headers. I oh, scored geez. two headers here. I don't know. you got a memory. I, I, <laughs> I, we went one, watch this header. Bang. <laughs> I'll tell you what. You could have collided with the post or anything. Geez, absolute dynamite. You want to see the next one? Absolute dynamite. Watch this one then. Oh. <laughs> don't see many headers of the ball better than that. No. Let's be honest. Uh, uh, that, would you agree with that, Tom? Oh, totally. This is, this is, my, this is the diving header here. Against, this is against York for a goal. Get in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh Nothing God. was going to stop you getting to that ball. I just forget my finger now. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> so we've seen a combination of right foots and, and headed goals. And Tom, just was just saying there. Tom flicked at the front post there. Yeah, we didn't know this. Is. Sneaky flick. is he claiming that? Yeah, of course he is. <laughs> touched him. We're just watching some goals there, Tom. Um, have you ever seen a, a greater header of the ball than your man next to you? No. <laughs> it, was, it was just. You just knew. That he was going to win things in the air, you know, and it, it, it made my job so much easier because flick ons, whatever. But when you see some of them goals, oh my goodness, uh, it's just, it's one of the finest headers of all you ever see. Yeah. When the red, red riding comes bob, bob, bobbing along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his old sweet song. I wake up. Wake up, you sleepyhead, get up, get up, get out of bed, cheer up, cheer up, the sun is a live, love, laugh and be happy, what if I've been blue, now I'm walking through fields and flowers, rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours, I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. When the red, red robin starts bobbing along. Um, we're going to come to some some more memorable goals for Bristol City fans that you scored later in the podcast. Um, but mm. just going to have a look at some of Tom's goals now. Yeah, go for it. Um, so we've got uh, on what, here. That would take long. Well, <laughs> you'd be surprised. I've got, it's it's like a few hours. Got a lot. <laughs> so here's the here's the four one York City home game. Uh, a lineup there. TV Tom, we call it. So we'll just yeah, we, we'll yeah. walk you quickly through the lineup for that game. Uh, Ray Cashley, Jerry Sweeney, Brian Drysdale, Jerry Gow, Jer- Gary Collier, Jeff Merrick, Trevor Tainton, Tom Ritchie, Jimmy Mann, Paul Cheesley, and Clive Whitehead. Whilst we're watching this footage, uh, Tom, as the, the the guy who's commentating on this does say. TV Tom, because when the cameras are in time, apparently you switched it on a little bit. Um, <laughs> tell us about that and tell us about these goals. First and foremost, is, I think it's Jimmy just nicked one, one back in. And it's come off the corner of my head, one of the corners. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a celebration with Paul there, trying to get on with the game. Yeah. yeah. I was pleased with this one, to be honest. This is yeah, round the keeper, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's cracking. It's cracking. Yeah. So, taxi to the keeper. <laughs> Was it a bit unusual for you to be for a striker to be wearing number eight? Well, it, again, actually, it's interesting. I, I, I always class myself as a midfield player. Yes, I'm going to come on to that. Um, as I say, but it, it happened through sheer luck. Well, bad luck for Fury. I think Fury, yeah. mm. Fury was playing up front with, with Cheese um, and got himself injured. It's a good time for me to read out an article, actually. Yeah. This is from the Green on the 30th of August, 1975. Tom Ritchie admits that he still prefers to play in midfield, even though he has met with a fair amount of success as a standing striker for the injured Keith Fair. 
this is you quoting now, I still look upon myself as a midfield player. It's easier to read the game and I seem to have the knack of getting myself into the box from midfield to score goals coming forward. But I'm prepared to have a go anywhere and I enjoyed playing up front in the games at Hull and Southampton when things didn't seem to work out for any of us. You get so little space away from home um, and everything is so tight. Richie was moved to partner Paul Cheesley in the Anglo-Scottish game at Fulham. The first few games work out all right, and then I seem to sag a bit, he said. Can't put my finger on it, but if I lose a bit of my confidence when I play up front, it takes me some time to get it back, even when I return to midfield. So there is a bit of an excerpt from the Greenland back in 1975. That that thing about Keith Fair, that was a pre-season friendly at Cardiff. All right. And then he put, um, Dixie put Sean Penny in instead of me when Fury got injured. Okay. Blimey. I was on the bench. Because we weren't getting on too well. <laughs> <laughs> so in the end, they we had Mickey Dwyer, big centre half for Cardiff. He was he was bullying Sean Penny around. Yeah. Penny's looking as though he wanted to come off, and I said to Windsor, "Tell him to get me on, because yeah. you'll kill his career." So he put me on, and, and that's when we started. Our, and that when we started our relationship. Yeah. Was, was, was what? When was this? At the start of the promotion season? Yeah. yeah. I think it was Oxford at yeah. home. Um, I think we won the game four two. Four two. Was it four two? Yeah. ゴールインゴールマイクだ。ちょっと変わりますね。ちょっと変わりますね。ちょっと変わりますね。ちょっと変わりますね。ちょっと変わりますね。ちょっと変わりますね。ちょっと変わりますね。ちょっと変わります
mainly right foot, you know, okay. sort of left foot at times was for standing on. Few swingers with your left yeah, foot, I'm sure. You, you just thought, well, if it came on your left foot, you had to hit it. You, I'd, I'd hit it. Yeah. But, um, there's quite a few headers as well. Yeah. yeah. Aerial, aerially, that season with you two up top, you know, all you had to do was get the ball in the air in the box, didn't you? Well, that was that was a, that was a joy of being a striker. Then you had somebody like Clive, Clive White slinging the ball in, and when the fullbacks got wide, say Sween and, and Speedy, they just said, "Let's stick it in the danger area." Yeah. Have a row, you two. Attack it. Yeah. I mean, to, to be fair, when you see that and you say, say you look at the movement in the box. We used to go out there afternoons. We used to be got back in the afternoon. AD, right, what the two years back in the afternoon. Right. Um, what during the week? During yeah. the week. Yeah. And they'd, they'd stick a goalpost up, uh, and then Cash would have to come in because he was a goalkeeper, and then the, the rest of the lads used to complain at us for getting them in the afternoon. <laughs> and and well, he used actually, to start that one because, yeah. because I said, look, I'm not hitting the target enough. Right. So I need to get in get used to just instinctively getting the ball on the target. Yeah. So I got back, him back and he said, well, I'll come back with you. And then after about two or three, four weeks, we said, right, that's enough now. Mm. Dixie went, no, you're coming back again now. He's working. Because he's so seeing it work. Because yeah. you're coming back again. You're coming. So we were back nearly every yeah. afternoon. Yeah. Well, on, a pro- on a previous Robins Reunited with Lewis and Scotty, they both said that they were at the training ground trying to hit a, a close peg in the top right hand corner. That means it's all different yeah. different ways that people but you've got practice makes perfect and it doesn't just come naturally, does it? No, we did that as well. Tom and I worked one go yeah. front, one go rear, mm. back post. And then if the build up if he if he shows first, he knocks it off and gets right away round into the front post. He gets the second man and knocks it back, he comes round to the back post. Right. So then if if it was the other way around, we, I'd go front, you go back. Mm. It was usually me at the back post. Yeah, attacking the ball near post. Never penalty. I've I, I, I analysed your penalties, and a lot of them do go to the keeper's left. Yeah. <laughs> Don't tell them that. <laughs> if they're listening. Yeah. <laughs> once you find, once you come, become comfortable, it's the muscle memory, That's, isn't it? I, I, I used to look to the goalkeeper's right. But always go. Always okay, go so you, you gave him the eyes, did you? I, I, but I would look where I was going to put it. About I'd always look the keeper's right. Yeah. But I knew I was going to put it left, um, and and it worked uh, until you get it sussed out. Like you, you yeah, know, uh, absolutely. But in the in the modern day, you know, there's highlights of every game on YouTube, on Sky Sports, and all of that. Back back then, I there wasn't the facility for the keepers to work out where yeah, you've put your yeah, last ten right. penalties. Yeah, 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 I yeah. suppose. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they had the the striker. The striker had the advantage there. Partick Thistle. How was that for you playing against Partick Thistle? <laughs> as a yeah, Scotsman, up there as well. <laughs> <laughs> Did you stay up there? I tell you, Patrick, we, we arrived in Glasgow, and me, James, Trevor, uh, we used to room together. Mm. And I can always remember sort of coming out of the hotel, just get a bit of fresh air. Me and Trev were going to walk around sort of the hotel and just the surrounding area. And we walked out the hotel and <coughs> we're walking around the street. He says, it takes you, he said, is it shut? <laughs> no, because everything was boarded up, you know. Changed that every place was shut, like you know. And he, did, he just made me laugh. No, brilliant. So I think I've asked this question of people in the past, like who you roomed with and things like that. Obviously, I don't know. During the promotion season, 
did you time. did you travel away and stay overnight as much as they did do now? Um, well, we did a few, quite a few times. Yeah, when it's further up north, London, we did. We travelled. Okay. And did you did you guys room together? No, I was with Jerry Guy. Okay. Yeah. How about yourself, Tom? Chains. Chains was let's say my my mucker, my roommate. Yeah. And you. You kind of when we went abroad, now you you stuck. Stuck with that. You, you stuck yeah. with who you were, you know. Um, but it was, the whole side were just a one together. And I, I think that's something that I've heard as well in the past is the most successful teams have been friends on and off the pitch. Yeah. Is that the case? In yeah, we did most things together off the pitch. Yeah. Um, even even if we weren't travelling, if we went out for a beer, we found out we said we're going to meet down there and have a beer. Yeah. 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 Most people come along. Yeah. Awesome. That's Excellent. Let's see some more. And the same question to you, Tom. Have you have you seen many of these goals since no. or ever? No, I don't, it's, it's, this is so. This is recovered footage from Jonathan Pierce. Yeah. So Jonathan Pierce and his dad used to film they most did, yeah. games. They used to sit under a gantry. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. Uh, they the the footage has been found and restored. Um, what a record! I'll put these on a USB for you. I think that'd be brilliant. Yeah. Some of them have got tracking problems, but... Yeah, they're still trying to work on the, the promotion season one. Yeah, that's right. We just saw that last goal there. Um, that scoring the f- fifth game of the season against the Rovers at home. There we go. Scoring against Bristol Rovers. You, both of you have played against Rovers. D- describe it Describe it for us, your your thoughts on the local derbies. Loved them. Yeah? I loved, loved playing them. Um, and back in the day, it was the Gloucester Cup. At the end of the season, yeah, um, you know, and to be fair, we were slightly the better side. Then they had a they had a very good side, the Rovers, and some very very good players. But we had just that little edge on them at that time. And I've got three Gloucester Cup medals, and okay. one of, one of them is a silver one, which means we lost. Right. Yeah. So in my in my short reign at the club, we won went one two and lost one. Yeah. So. I'm ahead at the moment. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, I, I, I think for for young fans growing up now, they haven't seen a local derby for you know, however many years it's been, but it's been a fair few. Um, and I, I feel almost sorry for them that they haven't had that experience. And I know because it's so sporadic and not very often now, it's a lot more heightened and there's you know a lot more trouble maybe on and off the pitch. I don't, I don't think the police particularly like it. Yeah. But... Uh, mm. but it's a shame, isn't it, in a way? Oh, I think the atmosphere is fantastic. I mean, one side of Bristol against the other. Um, there is a, a lot of rivalry, but I think these days, I think um, with the Rovers getting a promotion last season, I think this, uh, this season, I think that's absolutely superb, especially yeah. for the for the city of Bristol yeah. and for the Rovers fans and also for the club as well. They've done a bloody really good job after getting down out of the league, coming straight back up yeah. and yeah. to get promotion in a short time afterwards, I think it's fantastic for them. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so hopefully a, a cup game or two coming up in the near future. Be nice, <laughs> wouldn't it? Right, we're going to talk now about the promotion season. Um, so more a bit more specifically about that and we're just going to watch again a little, little clip just to tee up the conversation. Oh, that was superb. I mean, we went away from home uh, knowing we were going to win. We just had that confidence. There was that air around the club. And everybody was so confident and uh, played so well, which was lovely. The crowd were behind us. We mixed it up with them as well. It's in front. It was a real good fun year. The crucial match had arrived. Victory over Portsmouth at home and City were up. 
started very early actually, it was about the third or fourth minute into the game. Obviously we had to win to get ourselves promoted. And uh, about the third minute, ball come over, cheese flicked it on, and I just volleyed it straight in that top corner over there. <laughs> and the next thing I knew, I was, I'd ended up over there, everybody on top of me in the heat. And it just happened that quickly. And I think at the time, when it all happened, I think it, the consequences of it didn't really sort of sink in. And I could feel it, you know, with the crowd, you know, the fact that we'd actually won and we got promoted. And it was a marvellous achievement. The players were very nervous, if I remember. It was a nervous few minutes in the world. To the period we scored the goal, then it started to take over. Then five minutes from the end, they started to run on, I believe. Yeah, pushing so your, your recollections, your memories of that and what we're seeing on the screen is you basically becoming like pop stars. How, how, was, that, how was that year? How was that season, Paul, first? Oh, we lost a couple of early games, didn't we? Hull away, one then Southampton away, 3-1, 3-1 yeah. yeah. both of them, I think. Yeah. And we were kind of hit and miss, and all of a sudden something clicked. Um, I went through a nice phase, I scored 11 goals in nine games before Christmas. Then Tom got his hat-trick against York. I went off it in that game, got injured, got a hamstring. And then Tom picked it up and then took the whole the whole place apart until the end of the season. Yeah. Scored, I scored most of his goals in the second half of the season. I the scored most of in the first. For the start of that season, I've got an extract from the Green and About You here. Alan Dix on Paul Cheesley. This is the 26th of July, 1975. He has a lot of strength, is very quick, has a powerful shot and gets up in the air better than anyone in the club. But in comparison, his close control is weak and we are encouraging him to concentrate more on these techniques. He is looking for a goal before he has gained control and is therefore inclined to flack at the ball. Obviously, Keith's absence increases Paul's chances of playing, although, of course, Donny Giddes, Tom Ritchie, Kevin Griffin and Sean Penny all come into the reckoning for the strikers' roles. We hope this will be the season when Paul starts sorting out his game. At his best, he is a very good player. You went on to play virtually every game, score that, and score sixteen <coughs> goals that season. So you, you you couldn't have done too bad. But well, uh, I think that was a was that Alan kicking kicking you in the in, in the ghoulies or I, what? I think he probably wanted a reaction. Yeah, but that was before the promotion season, I think. It was yeah, nineteen seventy five. And yeah. then uh, then I said to him, I want to come back in the afternoon because, and not because I read that, it's because mm. in my own mind I knew that I needed some extra work. Excellent. And he was probably right about his comments there. Yeah, in fairness. Ah, fantastic. I mean, it's. Di- different managers and different walks of life have different approaches to getting the best out of people, I guess. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah, clearly that had an effect and an impact because, as I say, you went on to score 16 goals that season. Um, but yeah, just talk, going through back to the rest of the season and um, what we saw on the screen there, Paul. Well, performances all around the pitch. Mickey Broly was in the side a little bit earlier in the season. Clyde broke into the side. I don't know, Mickey Rod had a bit of a drop in form, Clive just got better. And Clive kind of took it, took the winger position to a different stage. He was mm-hmm. great on the ball, took people on, he was quick. Yeah. He, he could chase back a little bit as well, which gave another, another dimension to our front line, really. Um, but everybody up their game, every game, everybody up to it, we were prepared to take uh, constructive criticism from each other. Yeah. No rows, like, come on, let's put this right. Why? And, and it was if somebody was having a bad time you carry him through it and then it's your turn next week somebody carry you through it mm. that's how it worked yeah. was it, it was predominant, like all season was it predominantly 4-4-2 or in terms of formation or? no we did four, four, probably 4-3-3 three, three, yeah, yeah more okay. like because Clyde kind of dropped in sometimes but predominantly it was Tom 
And listen, if you've got a winger up there and got two guys who can win the ball on you, you yeah. want to get the winger down the line, don't you? Yeah. And it's exactly what our format was, wasn't it? Really. Yeah. Absolutely. Tom, for you, your um, your recollections, your memories of you know towards the end of the season. I, I, I think going back to the start of the season, you just not. We, we had finished the 74 75 season off fairly well and just missed out. And you just kind of thought, I tell you what, we just need to improve that a little bit more. Did you change personnel at all between those two? No, no I don't think we did that okay. much. I mean, I mean, you had the squad then off. Is it just six, a case of the squad 16, maturing 16, a bit 17, more? Yeah. And, mm. and you just, for me, you just thought we were going into this season full of confidence. Um, but when you looked at the whole side, the side as a whole, from Cash, Gary and Jeff, uh, and our midfield, uh, Chains, Gary, Jimmy, um, it was just magic. Yeah, they were good. Yeah. Worked hard for each other. And you said there, um, with that pitch invasion as well, you got a, you got a whack in the face from a from, from an a adoring fan. fan. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I've often it wondered... Was an accident. <laughs> I came off a... I had a right hook from Mike Tyson. <laughs> I, I was asking Alan. We we um we did a review of a game, um the Hereford semi final of the Freight River Trophy in nineteen eighty six, and I spoke to Alan Walsh about it about the pitch invasions, and he said he's found them although it was excitement and elation really claustrophobic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How was it like for you? I mean, we're looking at an image now on the screen of um of a, of a pitch invasion. I think, um yeah, this one here. So you would have been in the middle of all of that. What's that like? Well, it, 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 well you couldn't run. To, whack. You couldn't run to get off because you'd run into some. Yeah, somebody. exactly. And you want to have a bit of a celebration, yeah, but, but you don't like, want to be smothered. You don't want to be smacked in the face. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was your mate. <laughs> I think yeah. you're just looking at the, the picture of the thing. You're just as in emotional as everybody else is that yeah, night, you yeah, know. Yeah. I mean, the emotion was just... Well, they were trying to get your shirts and <laughs> shoes and <laughs> socks and pants. <laughs> I think we're not having none of that. <laughs> no, I, I don't think they're going to lift me up anyway. But it was a bit big for them. But, yeah, it's when they, when they carry you around, that's when they make all your clothes, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, so uh, I think this is the, the following day with the, with the parade... Um, we're looking at images here of Ray Cashley trying to get a, one of your Jimmy hats on. Yeah. Is that anything to do with you and Jerry? You expect, it? No, Sweden was the main culprit. Uh, <laughs> Sweeney and Gilly. Right. Where are you here? This is so. It's a Holiday Inn up by Old Market Roundabout. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So was that like your was that your treat? Was it a, a dinner there and a no no no? It was just, it was just a just had uh, a. A release from the from the running, like it's kind of non-load bearing and that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Just a just a lark about. Look at this. Here he comes. Oh dear. (laughs) Oh god. (laughs) So we're looking at a a, a young Paul Cheesley in uh, in in his uh, budgie smugglers. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah. So that's the promotion season and. So we, as we stand now, we are um, a couple of weeks away from the start of the, so not the start of the season, from the fixture releases. And, and as a fan, we always look out for that first game of the season. For you going into the top flight of English football, first time as a club in 65 years, couldn't have got much better than Arsenal away, could it? Yeah, it was quite enjoyable for me. I thought, here we, here we go then. But, yeah. but that said, I mean, everything was daunting at that time. I think it was good to get a good club like Arsenal just to just to see what we could do against a, a top team mm. and of course he had the, the marvellous Malcolm McDonald signing the close season from Newcastle for a British one third of a, 
million record. Yeah. Um, and it was like, come on, lads, we know mm. what we've got to do. Yeah. We're not, we didn't come here for nothing. We got here for a reason. Yeah. Let's go and have a, have a right. Or not come to be passengers, so I guess. Yeah. And and Tom, for for you going into that season, um, having had a a relationship built with Paul and all those goals you scored together last season, did you carry that mentality? Of we're going out there to win, and oh. that confidence that carry you through. Without doubt, <coughs> knowing, knowing the season we'd had, that first game at Arsenal was just uh, was a real bonus for everybody at the club. Yeah. When you thought you're up against one of the best sides in the English first division, as it was in, in those days, and with some of the players, I mean, you, you're looking at a World Cup winner, Alan Ball, mm. you know, and looking at their team sheet. And looking at our team sheet, you think it's another household names there, you know? Yeah. So we're looking at the team now for that game. So Cashley Sweeney, Drysdale Gow, Collier Merrick, Tainton Ritchie, Mann, Cheesley, Whitehead. Everyone there was there the previous season? That, those guys were the team that started in the final game, weren't they? Wow. Yeah. Uh, looking at the side there, and you, you'd stick on Keithy Fear, Gilly. Dave uh, Rogers. Dave Rogers. Mm. Um, Rogers was on the bench. Yeah. We spoke. Yeah. We, 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 we had, had him on the podcast. Uh, yeah. 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 And, and you just think it's wrong. That was basically the squad. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Well, how many of them arrived at Highbury's front door this afternoon and had to ask which way to go? It really is a new world. Got that picture there? Have you have you been taken yeah, there? Yeah. Got that. <laughs> but their team is a settled one. It's the one that basically saw them up from the second division. So. Just saw Jeff Merrick there, obviously captain. How much of an influence did he have on you guys? He was a good talker, Jeff, um, but also he still is. He, well, he is yeah. <laughs> but he, he he also influenced from the back. He did he did most of his talking with his uh, with his physicality and his captainship. Really, um, I thought he spoke to people very nicely. He bit of encouragement as well. Mm. What's all you want from a skipper, really? And also, he did his job on the pitch. Yeah. Which is more, which so he led more the point. Led not only by example, absolutely, yeah. but performance yeah. by voice yeah. as well. Mister City, well in control themselves at the moment. Yes, Richard. Flattered them one now, didn't it? See that again? So flattered them one now. On the day, did. Little chip coming in towards Chesney. So that's quite early on in the game, I think, that one, isn't yeah. it? Um, so straight away, the combination of you, uh, of Clive Whitehead crossing it over to you, getting the better of Arsenal's Arsenal's defence. It's quite fun. I've always found it quite funny that you assisted Clive at the end of the last season and then he assists you yes. coming, up, right, coming yeah. up in a moment. But yeah. you, you must have been giving them a torrid time, that Arsenal defence in that game. That was the idea, really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just said to Jack Gary Collin before we went out, I said, look, I'm the best striker on the pitch today, you make sure of it. Yeah. And Clive helped that out as well. But we all did the same thing, worked hard for each other like we usually did. Mm. And um, it worked dividends, really. Yeah. Good run here by Man. To the store here as well. Again, Jimmy Man was good going. Still the Jimmy Man, but it back this time to Cheesley. Yeah, to be fair, you had uh, your, the number three was right up, right up your ass a little bit there. Sammy Nelson, yeah. Nope. 
<laughs> Great commentary from Tom Ritchie there as he's running through at Highbury. Um, yeah, was there was a, an opportunity there, but uh, Simpson, yeah. wasn't it? Simpson. End of the day, you're playing against you're playing against top tier playing against top tier defenders there. Yeah. Keeping it alive there. So it's a key contribution from Tom Ritchie for this goal. Absolutely, it's uh, he, he's chased down his, his effort that was cut out, lays it back to Clive he Whitehead. Turned centre off on the halfway line. Yeah, got tackled on the edge of the box. Yeah, went out wide, didn't give up, knocked the ball back to Clive. Clive just didn't have to do anything else really. Did he? I'm sure you're. I don't know. I, I bet you're not fed up about talking about this goal, but the number of times you've been asked about it, I'm sure over the last. X number of years, what is it, 45, six years? <laughs> Does it ever get old? Not for me. No. No, it's lovely. Not for me, too. Absolutely. Uh, I it's... could watch that a thousand times a day, mate. <laughs> yeah. And not just that, the way we played as well against arguably one of the best sides in the league. Absolutely put them to, put them to the sword. Well, it flattered them. We should have won three or four nil. And then your goal, tell us about that now. Well, uh, Cash kicked the ball up. That's Ray Cashley. And... Uh, I flicked it on, Tommy Ritchie ran into the corner, drew two defenders out, knocked it back to Clive. Clive did a little bit again on the ball, put it over and I just got across, I think it was Pat Rice and then stuck it in. Who are the lads you think might make the biggest impact in the Bristol City side in the first division this season? I don't like to single out anybody, I think they're all good players. I've always thought you're a fairly boisterous fellow, you seem very subdued at the moment. Me, oh, I'm a shy lad really. <laughs> um, well, not subdued, I'm just tired <laughs> after all that running about, I think, I think we'll do well. But what about an Arsenal reaction? Their manager, Terry Neils, said that he was hurt and that he was angry and that he knew that Malcolm McDonald could play a lot better than he did. But where was the vital difference between the two sides? For the answer to that, I went to the Arsenal skipper, to Alan Ball. They were sharper than us. Uh, I, th I think it meant a little bit more to them this first day of the season in the first division than it meant to our lads. And overall, um, you can't take it away from them. They played ever, ever so well. And on the day, as I say, they were a better side. Tactically, uh, they caught us a little bit unawares and they played very, very well. And we never got to grips after, after they, they started off very, very well. And I think their front three will trouble lots of defences this year, the way they played today. Your recollections, Tom, of, of, of the day? And obviously, we've just seen the goal there. Um... Just the atmosphere. The, the people that had come up from Bristol, you know, you, you, and you didn't realise that because we were obviously in red and white, as were the Arsenal fans, and you got off the coach and the noise was just amazing. And then you, all of a sudden you thought, that's one of them lads up from Bristol. You know, so the, the, all, their support all the was all the clocking was us. It was amazing. And why? Why? Uh, and you could hear them uh, on yeah. the pitch, you know, and the atmosphere of the day. Uh, it was just one of the most special days that we'll ever have uh, yeah. coming away from there beating Arsenal 1-0 some great pictures on the screen now again yeah. um, I didn't notice actually your shirt's pretty ripped there yeah, yeah I ran past yeah, Simpson I yet. ran past Simpson <laughs> and he grabbed the shirt and I just kept going and he ripped it right and I said you can have the shirt at the end of the game <laughs> and he said take it out the bonus and when I scored I said you're not getting any today then I am <laughs> oh love it that's a great story <laughs> right the injury um, on a complete opposite, you've gone from ecstasy 
to this to gloom to 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 agony literally to agony yeah, um how many times have you played that over in your head too many the same as a goal i guess yeah um because there's no footage that I've can see of the actual landing or whatever. No, I, it was it was, Peter Shilton, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So talk us through it. Well, I, the ball comes across, and I, as I usually do, I attack the ball. That's my that's my game. Yeah. He came out as well, a bit of a Moroccan's challenge, really. I just landed with a straight leg instead of um, landing going forward. I landed yeah. going backwards, and you kind of hyperextend your leg. It goes, it goes, it's bending backwards instead of forwards. Uh, so it's sort so of one of those landings where you've gone like that and it's bent. Gone, he tried yeah. to go the other way, and I was going backwards, right. and then I twisted. Oh, so yes, it was a yeah. bit sore at the time. Yeah, I bet. But, um, yeah, you can't blame the guy. I mean, people say to me, oh, That's Peter Show, and I said, No, nah, he didn't do anything. I said, If I fell on my head, I wouldn't have anything. So it's all right, isn't it? Really? Yeah. <laughs> well, it is, isn't it? Yeah, so that was at home to Stoke City, yeah, yeah. on a Tuesday night. Um, the cross came into the box, and he rose to challenge England's keeper Peter Shilton for the ball, getting there first and heading over. It was harmless looking clash, but he landed badly, ripping his cartilage, tearing ligaments, and chipping a bone in his knee at the age of 23. With modern science, do you think that could have extended your career, or was it literally? I reckon um, chipping the bone off the joint wasn't very clever. Mm. Both cartilages were gone as well, yeah. and the medial and lateral ligaments. The only thing that was intact properly was the cruciate ligaments, which usually go these days, don't they? Mm. But um, <clears throat> what can one say about it, really? No, just, absolutely. And, and then, um, but you did attempt to come back against Birmingham uh, later that season, October the seventeenth. Yeah. So what? That was not that long, really. After no, but um, four months, three months. Because I wasn't crying every single day about it. People didn't think I was injured enough. Right. You know I mean? So okay. I, I was running up and down a dormant stand on my own. So that w- was that not your choice then to. Not, to not particularly. Okay. No. Fair. Yeah, I won't go into. Well, I will actually. Um, get up and down a dormant stand, give us some more symptoms. Well, I'm not very good, mate. I'm, right. I can't really do this. Okay. And it just kept swelling. I was like, that one that time. They would come back from training, watching me. And I was crying, not out of um, pain. pain, no frustration. Right? Didn't anybody believe me that I'm really hurt? Yeah. Obviously, you want you'll want to play if you could play. I, of course, I do. <laughs> Tom, what a, what a big loss that was for you, you and the team. Personally, it just um, it was a huge miss for me. Um, you know, and, uh, I can remember the night and when he landed, and you could see the pain he was in. You just thought he's got a bad one there, mm. you know. And then you see Les and Bill Tubby carrying you off down the goal. And you think, boy, oh boy! And it was a huge loss for us. Mm. I mean, you can't lose somebody like that. Personally, we've said many times before. I think you would have gone on to play for England. Yeah. Um, you know, had he kept going the way he was going, um, it was just tragic mm. for for. Paul especially, I mean, um, but for us as a team, it was a huge miss. Yeah. What um, what support did you have after that and after that that failed attempt at coming back? Um, what did support did you have from club, PFA? Was that sort of support there for you? Uh, my contract was over at the end of that season, so the club signed a year and a year's option, and it was a club's right. option, not mine. Right. So... Um, after the Birmingham game, I thought I'd made a breakthrough, but it didn't work. Mm. It, it was worse again afterwards. Right. 
So uh, I, did you I last the game? Was yeah, you come I, on? Or? I got through the game, yeah. Right. From start to finish. Yeah. I struggled right the way through it. Right, okay. Awful pain as well, but that's part of it. If as long as you can break that kind of barrier, mm. then maybe it, it's going to work, but it, it, it didn't really. And I, was, I just kind of went backwards again for a, for a month or two. Right. And then I was uh, sent off to rehabilitation centres and um, hospitals for operations and rehabilitation and that kind of stuff. So I think I spent 32 weeks out of one year in hospitals and rehabilitation centres. That was funny, when I was on the floor, Go on. I was holding my other leg because I didn't want to touch the one that's hurt, and Les Boris had come around, get your hands out of it, it's the other one, Les. <laughs> that's actually, a, um, that's actually a, a, a re- repetitive story throughout these Robins Reunited podcasts, isn't talking about Buster Footman or Les, <laughs> Les Barsley. Because <laughs> so, I didn't realise that Les had actually quite a good football career mm-hmm. and he used to train with you and sometimes he was manager, I think, yeah, three he was, times. Yeah. yeah, he was. Um, but any any other stories you can remember about Les? Oh, he's just a character. Brilliant, actually, wouldn't he? Absolutely brilliant. He'd bring, a, he'd bring like a half bottle of whiskey out of his pocket <laughs> and go around the dressing room before the game, didn't he? He said, want a bit of that then, boys? I just went, give me a slug, mate. So when we went out on the pitch and you got near the centre row, he said, they're all pissed. That's a bit like, I guess it's a little bit Dutch courage. You know, yeah, a little bit of... I just, I, I just, I just, what, yeah, come on, I'll turn around. That's one of the things nowadays, you think to yourself, well, what? Is that the secret to your success? <laughs> was that on a French? I booked his and offered a referee for an Edward Trump. He always had his pipe going. Yeah, his uh, pipe was going. You know, just, uh, Brilliant. Absolute story, was Great, great lad. Great Love lad. It. Great to hear. Um, okay, let's talk about um, to Tom. Obviously, yeah, your, your goal scoring record at Bristol City is, you know, second to only John Attio. Um, and you, let's talk about when you left. Bristol City uh, initially yep. so you left in 1980 how did that move come about? Well nobody knew this, what the club was or the state the club was in at that time mm. and Gary's gone Gary was sold to Man City and they're starting to look at like the press or so and so's going so and so's going to the, um, and there was an interest uh, for me from Sunderland um, mm-hmm. and at that time you just thought to yourself, well, the club were willing to sell. I didn't know the, the state the club was in at the time. Nobody mm. did. Um, so they were in the second tier when you yeah. left? Yeah, because uh, they had I mean, the <coughs> seasons so in the top. I part. went to Sunderland and then, what are you talking, three, three, four months later, all of a sudden it kicks off down here. Yeah. Um, but... If the truth be known, I I never wanted to leave here. I had been here sort of twelve years, yeah. and it, it, it's a fantastic football club, mm. you know. So, um, and it was the lads that he played with, and and leaving them was a chore, you know. Mm. Um, well, you've been there pretty much, you know, into your formative years, years, I guess. Really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I see. I, I was very very lucky to have <coughs> Sil as a coach, you know. Moved on to AD, you know. And, uh, and the, the lads I played with down here, you know, and I just, the dress room was, used to be buzzing, you know, I mean, Sween, Jerry Sween, 
was just a nightmare in the dressing room. <coughs> the uh, nickname, Yifter, Yifter the Shifter, was one of his nicknames, I think. <coughs> I don't know. The fittest, the fittest man. <laughs> we had a few names. <laughs> <laughs> He's just the fittest man. You, you, he was amazing, his fitness, you know. Yeah, yeah. And he, in that way, I think he was a major part of our success in the fact that everybody wanted to emulate what Sweden did. Why? You know, or if you got close to Sweden in training, sort of cross country, running around the, uh, the track, and the, if you got close to Sweden, you thought, I tell you what, you're doing well. <laughs> you know, you, you're fit. You can touch him on a cross country, nowhere near him. Oh, I bet, I bet. Speed wise, I was a, a, a few faster then. Yeah. But sheer fitness and endurance and ah. just that will, the will to come on. Just a machine. Yeah, ah. unbelievable. And his will to win was infectious. Mm. You know? Yeah. I mean, him and Gary together, you know, cricket. Went to Sunderland and, actually, if I'm honest, you go to Sunderland and I just expected to walk in the restroom and it'd be like Ashley Gates restroom. Right. And it was completely different. Well, you didn't know anyone. I didn't know anybody. You know, there was a, some really nice lads there, but they were battling against relegation at, at, at that time. Um, and I mean, I went there, had an absolute nightmare, if I'm honest. Is this the same uh, tier as For Bristol City well, at the time? Yeah, same yeah, league? We were, were in, in, still in the first division. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you went up, releg- up a league then? <laughs> facing relegation. And uh, I was there for the first eight weeks. Never, just never scored a goal. Right. Pressure was mounting. I managed to get Ken Knight in the sack in the uh, the gaffer. <laughs> I mean, you were, as a striker or a midfielder? I, I, as a striker, presumably. My first match for them was coming on as sub at Southampton. Right. And to this day, you look back at that and I thought, I wish he'd have played me. From the off, rather right. than come on as sub, okay. you know, and um, we were two 0 down at Southampton, mm. and I'm come on as sub, and it just didn't work at Sunderland, you know. <clears> and <throat> I, it's one of the huge regrets I've got. Um, and then when Ken Nine got the sack, <coughs> Alan Durbin came, and he was brilliant. He, he, he tried everything to get me going, mm. um, but it just, uh, you know, so yeah. uh, There'll be no more sobbing when he starts throbbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead. Get up, get up, get out of bed. Cheer up, cheer up, the sun is a little love. Laugh and be happy, what if I've been blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. So, so going through um, into February 1982, Ashton Gate 8, tearing up their contracts. I know we didn't have mobile phones then, but were you two in touch with those guys at the time? And did they talk <coughs> to you about it or...? You knew what was going on, yeah. Obviously, and it was heartbreaking to see what the lads were going through. Yeah, you've you've worked all your best mates, your best mates, and what mostly you're working life with. Yeah, uh, to to go through what they did, um, and it, your heart bled for them. Mm. Uh, but at the end of the day, you just think as well. Well, you know, if I had stayed, 
it'd have been an Aston Gate 9. It would have been, yeah, it'd have been you guys. It's difficult. Um, <clears throat> well, I wasn't there, obviously. I'd finished no, a long time no, yeah, before then. Exactly. But, but you obviously, you... I was in touch <coughs> with, with people like Cash, and I spoke to Tom occasionally, and yeah. Gary, and that, you know, because you... You don't lose total touch, do you? But and it wasn't as easy to keep in touch, to be fair. Well, no, in fair it's, it's a different life, isn't it? Yeah. You know, I'd gone away from that life they had, that they had. And exactly. So, so I was in a full-time working environment. Yeah. And so I had to, obviously, go to a pub then and yeah. whatever. And um, so it was difficult for me. The, the lads came and visited from uh, from time to time. But, mm. but in fairness, it was a totally different life. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, sure. I felt sorry for the guys because they brought a couple in, like... Um, Joe to start with, didn't they? Joe and Norman and Pete Cormack and Norman Hunter. And um, for me, it was, without being rude, they were great players, uh, great characters, great players. They've been around that now as they were coming to, to the twilight of their careers. Mm. And first of all, I suppose a lot of people thought they were just coming down for for last payday, if you know what I mean. But they did a tremendous job. Mm. But unfortunately, it wasn't wasn't quite good enough at the end of the day for, for all the guys and getting rid of people like Tom yeah. is not the right way to do things because mm. you why'd you get rid of why'd you get, want to get rid of your assets well yeah you know? someone's on, on the way to becoming yeah. an all time top and, goal and I do question the board at that time listen we've got a chance to get rid of a few people at least it'll show that the fans were doing something well mm. no you're not you're taking the best players out of yeah. the scenario yeah. you're not helping anything what you're trying to do is to make a little buffer so it's going to be easier to fall down than it is to, to stay if you know what I mean mm. Just finishing up on the Ashton Gate A, it was great for you both to be involved in that pitch parade that we, yeah, that we orchestrated. Obviously, you stood in for Jimmy Mann, yeah. and you were the man announcing the players onto the pitch. I thought that was that was fantastic. Well, I, I was so proud to, to have been able to do that, and also to welcome them on the Friday, and then we took them yeah. up to the training facility and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Absolutely great, and it's about time they did something for those guys. It was yeah. recognised what those guys sacrificed for, mm. for, for this club. Not a lot of people recognise that all through the years, but it's starting to come true now. But yeah. albeit too long, thanks for, to the club for organising it and you being a part of that as well, Pat. Yeah. Your your input was unbelievable, the same as everybody else. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not I'm not even directly involved with the, at the time, and I get I was emotional and emotional now, sort of thinking yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, of course. Um, an absolute honour and privilege to be involved. And me, uh, me too, mate. Yeah, well, we'll move on before we all start crying. <laughs> um, right, so 1984, 29th of December 1984, your last appearance uh, for Bristol City. Um, you're an unused sub, Burnley at home. I want in a one nil win. Leaving Bristol City for the for the second time. What happened there? I, again, found it difficult actually. But it was Gary was at Yeovil, manager at Yeovil then. We we cheese Gadlin, Chrissy was down there. What were you? Um, what was your role there? Played. I was playing with me dodgy knee. Oh right! I don't know how he didn't realise that. Didn't realise that. I don't know how he did not. He's nuts. <laughs> well, I, I played for uh, Froon, Shetland, Mallet, or Down. Okay. Uh, Yeovil, after my football career. So, so and I played rugby for Wadena Rugby Club. So, when you finished that, that's after that Birmingham game. What yeah. was the gap between you playing? Almost straight away. Was it really? Yeah. As soon as I, it was called into the boardroom, mm. and. The directors were there, the club doctor was there, Les Bardi was there, yeah. Alan Dix, Ken Windsor. Oh, yeah. I knew it was happening. I said to right. fo- the firing squad, you know, there. Okay. So I said, look, let me take half my salary, mm-hmm. half my contract, take half the contract away, and I'll try for another year mm-hmm. to get back in. And they went, no. So, so you, you moved on to where first, sorry? 
I went into a pub. So I bought a pub straight away. Yeah. And um, then... No, was it? No, in Pill, actually. Right. And then um, started playing football for Ogden. And then went rugby to Gordana Rugby Club. I played at school with lots of these lads. Why? And my brothers played there as well. So um, that's why I went. I played fullback, did quite well. And, um, and then. Did you do all the kicking? Yeah. <laughs> I've, kicked, I've kicked from our own 10 metre line. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and then Gabby was down at Yeovil. He said, You fancy? And I said, Yeah, come on, let's have a go. Mm. And what level were Yeovil at at that point? Oh, they were, they were in the conference. conference. Okay. We were actually we were struggling in a conference, yeah. and we stayed. We, we, we got relegated. We got relegated, and that season. That, that the season. damage had already been done. Now, so it was a bit of a reunion for you guys then. Yeah, yeah. Chrissy Garland. Did you play up front together at that point? We played midfield. Really, yeah, yeah. Well, Gary initially stopped me up front, and I says, "Guy, I says, I can't play up front then." But <laughs> I, well. I played. I was sub more times than I played. So I said, "Gary, what are you doing?" He said, "What do you mean?" I said. Why are we going to get 2 0 down and then you put me on? Let's get 2 0 up and take me off. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, fair point. And if I get hurt, I'll tell you I'm hurt and I'll come off. Do you know what I mean? So, anyway, fair play. You're trying to protect me as much as you could. But um, I, I didn't really need a lot of protection. No, <laughs> but it, it, it was great. It was a nice atmosphere at Yeovil, wasn't it? Yeah. Really concerned. Yeah, yeah. When you took the job, they were really struggling and they still really struggled, but didn't quite get above that line. Right. And unfortunately, got relegation, which Ooh. is sad, really. Yeah. yeah. So, how long did you play on for yourself? When I went to Yeovil uh, with, with Gary Cheese, and, and I had two, three years down there. Right. Uh, and I loved it. Once I got, initially, Gary said, you play up front, and I thought, my legs at that stage, I know I've gone. Uh, <laughs> I said, if, if I'm playing, I've got to, you've got to play me in midfield. Which he did, and then after the discussion with him, I says, "Look, I says, you need to get your boots back on." I says, "Cause I'm, I'm struggling for this, no? and, and he did go. He did. Right. Typical Gary. Like, he stuck his boots on, and was immense. Really? You know, it was just. So why wouldn't he play in the first place? Because the player manager I, I just, rolls a bit I just harder. Think, I think he questioned himself. Yeah, uh, for the first time in his life, yeah. I think he did. Really, you thought, and. As soon as he put his boots on, we ended up, and I tell you what, we, we under Gary, had a really good sight. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, we played some great football. Um, so, what are you mid 30s here? I'd be 30, yeah, yeah. 30, 34. Uh, I was gone by then, wasn't I? I only stayed one season. Yeah. Right, okay. The one match that sticks in my mind with Gary, we went to Wickham, who were top of the table at the time. And a very good side, and <clears throat> we had to beat them on the night um, to have any chance of, of beating them for, uh, from promotion. And we went and beat them four, four one, something like that. And sat the coach at, uh, after the game, waiting for Gary coming out. Gary came at the director's box, um, our di- director's room, and he was beaming from head to foot. Like you know, you just. Uh, and I thought, rightly so, because we, we played really well. Mm. He says, their chairman has just said, he says, that's the finest display of non-league football he's ever, ever seen. <laughs> and he was hopping, Gary. Like, you know, <laughs> he just thought, um, and I thought, really? 
No, that's terrific. Let's just quickly go back, sorry, to you re-signing for Terry Cooper um, in June 1982. Uh, at that point, you you became one of the few players to play for Bristol City in all four divisions, yeah. um, along with Chris Garland. There can't, there's not many people that will ever have that accolade. No. <clears throat> Actually, it's just how things were done with, for, with the club and yeah. myself. You know, I, I mean... I put it down a lot, really. Mm. I mean, yeah. uh, right place in the right, at, at the right time. Yeah. But I, I, it, it took me three, four months to get back into the swing of things down here. But then thereafter, I, I, I loved a couple of years, mm. um, you know, and getting promotion from the fourth to the, the third again. Yeah. You know, coming back up it was lovely. That was uh, yeah, eighty four. I think was the yeah. promotion back up into yeah. the yeah. into the third tier. A couple of things I want to cover off. So. Jobs afterwards. We've spoken about you getting your pub, yeah, um, and we saw you in doing some in sales. Is that sales, what, yeah. What was what was what were you selling? A company called I was building classics. Company called Polypipe. Okay. Gutter saw waste underground overflow that kind of right. stuff. I was with them a total of twelve years actually. Okay. Why? Um, then in between that, I had two stints with them. I went went to um, I went to a competitor for two years, and then they they got me back again. Mm. So yeah, I quite enjoyed that spell. Yeah. And there was another different sales as well over the years and pubs and stuff like that. Nice. So it's got a bit of fun. Salesman, yeah, absolutely. Got a bit of fun. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't know why I decided on sales. It just like I just like talking to people really, yeah. and it was um, quite enjoyable. And as long as somebody's paying me good money to do it, I'm taking the money. Absolutely. <laughs> and yourself, Tom, uh, postman, I understand. Ended up in Royal Mail. Um, Actually, I, I, again, just loved it. I, I was in there for the best part. Of did you love? Of did you love the summer months as much as the winter months? It was. <laughs> I just loved the, the, the thought of being outside. Yeah. I mean, and keeping out your fitness as well. Well, when you're down here and you're, you're training and etc. I've never been inside in all my working life. Yeah. You know, I couldn't yeah. work in an office and fell into Royal Mail and loved it. Yeah. And we're, was there for the best part. Of, Twenty odd years. Did you have the same round the whole time in the broadly same area, or I, I one round that I was on for the best part of twenty years, um, and just where I was loved that? It. I loved it. Uh, up Clapton Gardino. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you've settled in Porter's Head now, haven't you? Yeah. 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 Um, uh, that's yeah. I mean, I've, I've I've been down now from Scotland. Oh, crikey. <laughs> 50 odd years yeah because <laughs> you, right, you, you turned 70 this year yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. as I say it's, it's it's been Bristol has been very kind to me yeah you know, uh, a lot of players that come from different areas often settle here don't they in Bristol all the, all the Scots haven't they yeah, yeah. and then yeah. some up to more recently you know I'm just thinking of some like Gary Hours for example he yeah, settled yeah. in Bristol yeah um, Jeff Twentyman who moved down from Liverpool yeah. to Rovers settled in Bristol there's there's multiple others what so as someone who's done that what what is it about <clears throat> Bristol the South West Warmer than it's a lot like that. <laughs> <laughs> I've gone softer. It's not. It's not, it's not like we're from a Tenerife or anything. <laughs> yeah. but it, it definitely is warmer. Like, you know, uh, it's, it's just a lovely place to live. Yeah. You know, uh, people are magic. You know. And when and when you find a, a football club that's obviously so close to yeah. both of your parts, almost being close to that as well. And and we we started this podcast by talking about the feeling you get when you come back 
to Ashton Gate and the surrounding areas. I guess that feels quite homely for you. Yeah, uh, without a doubt. Um, it's, I mean, when you look at the, you look at the ground now, and and we actually are sat here looking at the ground. Correct. <laughs> you know, and, and you just look at myself, what my son has done, and you just think, absolutely amazing. Yeah. We we touched on um, the the celebrations for the Ashton Gate Eight and the former players' association. I just want to touch on that with you both. Um, both going to be heavily involved um, going forward into next season as ambassadors. And I know yourself, Paul, you've been doing that compare and roll in the Heineken Lounge now for for some time. What is the the importance for you as former players of having an, a a former players association that's committed to delivering? Well, I, I was trying that years ago when when Bobby Flicker was running the supporters club in the old stand. Um, I tried to get former players down for the uh, end of season reunion and um, it wasn't massively supported by the club. I really enjoyed doing that. Mm. And also then we, we, we decided Neil Palmer, Scott Davidson got together along with you guys mm. and said we need to get this going again. And would you would you mind being a, a committee member? I said, well, put me on my list mate, I'm, I'm straight there. Yeah. And, and the way it's evolved now is absolutely fabulous. We're going to keep our finger on the pulse and make it work this time but make it work properly and it helps former players as well if somebody's in a bit of trouble and we build up a, a amount of cash in an account we can help out in some kind of way um, way shape or form also make sure that they don't need anything if they need any help we can help them that's, that's a bit like the PFA but an in-house PFA yeah exactly exactly and for you Tom like Paul says I just love coming down mm. especially the, the group that I work with, you know, it's, it, they're just a special bunch of people to me, you know. So, um, and what is good mates now is wherever we were mm. back in the day. That's know, fantastic. To, to, if it works out, like Paul says, down here with the ambassador thing, and the, mm. it'd be brilliant, yeah. you know. And, and fair play to the lads that are trying to kickstart it. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely, yeah, no. Um, one final thing, um, so uh, a mutual friend of ours, Neil Palmer, has given me a, a couple of questions for you. So he said, ask Tom about um, Lionel, and it was a privilege for him to meet Lionel. So who's Lionel? <laughs> That's in the 84 season, in the, in the, first, the promotion season from the 4th to the 3rd. Yeah. Uh, there was a young lady, um, Mary Gay, uh, and her husband uh, does a kind of sculpture type thing, um, and she said, would you like one done? And I thought, no. <laughs> <laughs> but she did it anyway. Um, of yourself? Yeah. Right. <laughs> and it's like a, a bronze, you know, and, when, and Neil's seen it and yeah. couldn't stop laughing. That was Sam. So I'm a little bit embarrassed with that. <laughs> so <laughs> kept that away from me. <laughs> so it, 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 I assume it looks like Lionel Richie or something. Uh, apparently so. Right. Okay. Apparently so. <laughs> well, the surnames, right? I suppose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, brilliant! Fantastic! Thanks for that one, Neil. Um, right, and uh, Paul. Neil's asked me to ask you about the F Troop. Oh, blimey! So what is the F Troop? F Troop was all our lot through the promotion season. Well, when I first came here, we started a bit of an F Troop. If you remember, in black and white, F Troop were like the cavalry, like a bunch of ragged house rangers, basically. Right. And uh, they were always having some fun, and it was 
stupid antics playing up and whatever. Okay. And F Troop was myself, Jerry Gow, Jerry Sweeney, Brian Trostale, Ray Cashley, and one other. Who was it? You, Cash, Gary, Sweeney, Gilly. Oh, Donnie Gillis. Right. Okay. So that was six of us, and it was like mental. So it was, it was like nights out or yeah. When we were out, F Troop just went straight to the bar and they casually had the money on his mind there, <laughs> and it was like. And if he only had one, if he had one penny left in the kitty, yeah. and somebody tried to rob him, he he wouldn't have it. <laughs> he wouldn't give him. He wouldn't give a penny away. He was good like that when he cast. The best kitty right. mine ever. And then when we went to Benidorm after promotion, we had ten days in Benidorm, eight, eight or ten days in Benidorm. I bought a tambourine and I wore it around my neck, and where we were, I. Well, next round, we're out of the time when everybody comes running to the pop <laughs> And F Troop were just a, a mad. Why F? F Troop? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Because of that, because of that program, it was F Troop, and I, I, oh, I thought the name that because the bunch of raglans ranges like right, that. Right, right, okay. But okay. yeah, it, it worked out that way. So, and predominantly, it was oh, not that led. Not in trouble. We didn't. Mm. Never got in trouble. We just had some fun. And yeah, just exactly. antics and playing up with each other, and it was it was great fun. Brilliant. Oh, fantastic. Well, I think that's a, a great place to close. Um, <laughs> so a couple of great stories. Hope you guys have enjoyed this as much as me getting to know uh, Tom and Paul more. Um, and we'll be we've got more Robins reunited coming up. I think the next one is going to be Andy Leaning and Martin Scott. Um, so a couple of players from the early 90s um, but yeah subscribe um, on Twitter at 3PIAPC and we'll be back again soon thank you very much Tom thank you very much Paul we'll be seeing you a lot of you next season as part of the FPA ambassadors and uh, all that stuff going forward thank you very much pleasure So oh.